Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Wow. Praise the Lord. Brother Bill kind of put me on the spot. He said, you better preach now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Can you tell there's a fresh wind blowing? Man, the presence of the Lord. And it's not just here. Uh, It's it's moving across this country. And, And I'm excited about it. And, uh, and man, there's been a stirring in this place. I, I started last Sunday in a, in a series of messages just entitled, What If? And last Sunday, I talked about what if baptism. <clears throat> what, if, what if baptism is something that God expects out of us? And, and that that's the beginning point. It's part of the Great Commission. You get saved, you get baptized. And Simon Peter commanded the people he led to the Lord to be baptized. And, and, and so we said, what if that's the start? And I shared a lot of scripture. And, and then we baptized 23 people last Sunday. Yeah. Now that's exciting, but the most exciting part of that is eight people who came to church last Sunday who didn't know they were going to be baptized obeyed the leadership of the Holy Spirit, followed the scriptural teachings and got up and went and got baptized. And so, yeah, yeah. And just when you can't, when you think it won't get any better, uh, uh, my pastor friend from, uh, Cali, Columbia, uh, picked it up on YouTube, showed it, uh, the, the message last Sunday, and he's baptizing three people this morning because they listened to the message. And so, so, so what if, and, and basically this whole series is based on the question, what if God's word says what it means and means what it says? And, and what if no matter how much you read it or study it or spend time in it, if you don't do it, it just doesn't work. That we actually need to do what God's word says. Well, this morning I want to talk to you about what if forgiveness What if forgiveness is far more important than any of us ever realized? And um, so so with that in mind, I want us to do something this morning. I know you've been standing up a lot, but I want you to stand up with me again. Everybody in the house, stand up. I want us to pray together a very familiar prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Will you join me? We'll pull it up on the screen. Are you ready? Let's do it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, 
the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the reason we have that prayer in the Bible is because the disciples had heard Jesus pray. Can you even imagine being with him and hearing him pray? They were so amazed at the way he was praying. They said, teach us how to pray. And so he did. He said, when you pray. And, and, and I think that would be an indication of just about every time you pray. When you pray. Pray like this. And it gives us the Lord's Prayer. So, have you ever really thought about the Lord's Prayer? Have, have you ever thought about what you're actually praying when you pray the Lord's Prayer? I dare say many of us here have not even considered it. You see, you can say the Lord's Prayer and not even think about what you're praying. I'm just asking you, have you ever thought about what you're really asking God for? We'll just look at two lines in the Lord's Prayer, and it's this. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, depending on the translation you use, some of them say forgive us our debt. Some of them say forgive us our sin. Some of them say forgive us our trespasses. Uh, I heard about a little girl who added another one to the list. Uh, She couldn't read, and she was just listening to it, and she made up her mind she wanted to memorize the Lord's Prayer. So when she prayed it, she said, forgive us our trash passing (laughs) as we forgive those who trash pass against us. And I don't think she changed the meaning at all. But have you ever thought about what it means to pray that prayer and mean it with all of your heart. Let me help you. Let's bring it up to date. So let's say this morning you come to the altar and you follow this, this thought. It would go something like this. Dear Lord, please treat me like I'm treating those who mistreat me. Did you get that? Please treat me like I'm treating those who mistreat me. Are you sure you want to pray that prayer? Uh, Lord, please show me the same love and compassion that I'm showing to those who have hurt me. Lord, please give me the same amount of grace and mercy that I'm extending to others. Boy, it got quiet in here. <laughs> Lord, I, I know I've failed you. I know I've disappointed you. And I know I have sinned against you. Now remember, you're down at this altar. You're praying this prayer. Lord, I know I've sinned against you. So I want you to treat me exactly the way I treat those who have sinned against me. Wow. Sometimes we need to examine ourselves, don't we? And we need to think about what the Word of God... And I'm just asking you, what if that prayer is something that the Lord gave to us because it was so important that we follow it to the letter? Some years ago, when I first got into this thought, I was thinking, man, this is serious. Because I don't know how you'll respond to this message today, but I, I started looking for people to forgive. 
I, I mean, if I had one thought, I wanted to forgive them and I wanted them to forgive me. And I thought about this pastor out west that some years earlier, he and I had kind of ended our relationship on, on a, a bad note. And so I was thinking, oh, man, I got to take care of this. And so it was about 9.30 one morning, and I'd forgotten about the time difference. So it was about 7.30 there. And I called him, and he answered the phone. And the moment he answered the phone, I said, this is Henry Jones, and I have called you. And he interrupted me. He said, in an angry voice, he said, I can't talk to you now. Boom. And I was shocked. I put my phone down. What in the world? How rude. How disrespectful. God, I'm trying to do what your word tells me to do, and it backfires on me. And he he treats me with contempt. And my neck and my face started getting as red as my hair. And then I started thinking, don't tell me you've never thought this way. I should call him back and shout at him just like he's shouting at me. I should call him back and tell him what a bad Christian he is. I mean, I got in full flesh mode. The Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. There was a Spirit around me, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. And I was angry. I was mad. I wanted to put him in his place. I wanted to straighten him out. And about 15 minutes later, my phone rang. And it was him. And do you know what he said to me? This is what he said. He said, I am so sorry. He said, my wife had an early appointment and she gave me one responsibility and that was to get the children on the school bus. When you called, I saw the bus coming down the road. I had to hurry and get their shoes on and get them out and get them on the bus. Please forgive me. He said, now, what did you want to talk about? (laughs) I felt about that small. Because what happened was this. I jumped to a conclusion. And trust me, the devil will help you jump to a conclusion. And it's always the wrong conclusion. And it didn't matter whether that had actually happened or not. The fault was on me. I ended up on my face that day repenting because I got offended so fast. And a root of bitterness took place in me so quickly. And God's word says we can't do that. It doesn't matter whether he's right or wrong. It doesn't matter what somebody else does to you. This is about your relationship with the Lord God Almighty. Oh, my goodness. Now, now here's the question. Why would the Lord want us to pray that prayer? Why would he want us to say, forgive our debts or our sins or our trespasses or our trash passing? Why would he want us to say that as we have forgiven others? And I'll tell you why. Are you ready for this? Because he wanted us to remember always. Always, that if you want forgiveness, you have to give forgiveness. No exception. 
I don't know about the home you grew up in, but the home I grew up in, I didn't get to make the rules. My mom and dad made the rules and I lived by them. And child of God, I hope this isn't a news flash for you, but when you got saved and you stepped into the kingdom of God, you don't get to change the rules. And the rules say that you have to forgive. You say, Pastor, you don't know what that person did to me. You don't know how hurt I've been. No, the problem is you don't know the word of God. And you're not willing to submit to the word of God. That's, that's what the problem is. Now, people ask me when I'm teaching this one-on-one, people ask me, well, how far do I go? Where is the limit? And I got to tell you, there is no limit. I'm sorry. It does not matter. You, you see, the disciples even said, Lord, how, how many times do we forgive somebody? <laughs> seven times? That's the holy number, seven times. Jesus said, no, 70 times seven. You just keep, you keep on forgiving. And, and you say, well, there are some evil, wicked, bad, horrible people in the world. Do we forgive them? Yes. I'm sorry. The question is not, do you like the Word of God? The question is, will you actually do what God's Word says? And to drive this point home, let me give you the words of Jesus. Matthew 5, 43 through 45 says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who use you and persecute you. My goodness. I mean, it, it's love. Bless. Do good. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Persecute you. This is pretty... Nobody's exempt. Nobody. You, you have to forgive. I have to forgive. It is a requirement. If I were to ask you, do you want revival? Do you want a revival to break out here at River of Life? I think it's already breaking out. But I'm talking full-scale open heaven, the power of God falling on us. I think everybody here would say yes, but if I ask, is everybody here ready to forgive the person who has hurt you deeply? You see, we want God to do what we want him to do, but many times we're not willing to do what God tells us to do. We're just getting down to the nitty gritty. Now you may say, pastor, does that mean we condone sin? That we that we act as if it's not wrong? No, friends. We don't ever condone sin. We don't ever compromise. We don't ever budge. Truth is truth. And what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. What I'm telling you is you have to guard your heart against the sin of unforgiveness. Because i got to tell you, when somebody sins against you or just sins, and you develop unforgiveness in your heart, and what you're doing is you're countering their sin with your own sin. And you have to be careful. Man, we, we really have to be careful. I will tell you something about unforgiveness. In, in, the, in a lot of ways, it's a secret sin. See, we'll have unforgiveness or resentment or grudge or root of bitterness. And we'll just tuck it away in our hearts. And people around us will see us worshiping and praising God and acting so holy. And it's a secret sin. But it's not a secret with God. 
And if you have the secret sin of unforgiveness in your heart, I'm telling you today, you are cutting yourself off from the forgiveness of God, from the favor of God, and from the blessings of God. I hear people say all the time, I just don't know what's wrong. I just can't get a breakthrough. Maybe, what if, you're just not doing what God has called you to do. We have to forgive. Now, Jesus wanted to make absolutely positively sure that we didn't misinterpret the Scriptures. So, when he gave uh, the Lord's Prayer, and we just said it just a moment ago, that whole Lord's Prayer, did you know that after the Lord's Prayer, there's only one part of the prayer that he gives commentary on? Just one. And it's this part. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now let me tell you what that means. That means if you forgive people their trespasses, God will forgive you your trespasses. What what could be more clear than that? Uh, That's the positive side. Here's the negative side. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Wow. Wow. Are you ready for an altar call? Well, I'm going to torture you a little longer. (laughs) One of the most amazing experiences I ever had in my Christian life was a teenage girl stood before me. My wife was with me. Another pastor was there. A teenage girl stood before me. And just to be honest with you, she was hard to look at. Uh, She had this uh, problem with her skin. Uh, uh, She she just had a horrible skin condition. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was hard to look at her. And when she stood before me, she said, Would you pray for me to be healed? And my heart was broken, just, just knowing the agony pain that she was in and the rejection she was probably facing. And I said, absolutely. And I laid my hands on her and I said, dear Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit said, stop. Now, the reason that that's so unusual is because I know people who flow in that kind of stuff, but I don't. I, I don't flow in that. But that day the Lord said, stop. She has unforgiveness in her heart. And I can't heal her as long as she has unforgiveness in her heart. And so I stopped and I just took her by the chin and I lifted her chin. I looked into her eyes and I said, the Lord says you have unforgiveness in your heart. Do you have unforgiveness for someone in your heart? She goes, no. And now I'm almost embarrassed. I'm thinking, man, I just got carried away. I started acting like one of those charismaniacs. (laughs) And, And it wasn't the Lord and I just thought it was the Lord. So I laid my hands on her. I started praying again. And the Holy Spirit said, stop. I'm not going to answer this prayer because she has unforgiveness in her heart. And I stopped again, picked her chin up, looked into her eyes. And I said, 
are you sure that you don't have unforgiveness in your heart? And she said, yes. I started praying again, and the Lord shut me down. Three times the Lord shut me down. And finally, with boldness, sometimes you got to have holy boldness. Sometimes you just got to believe that God is speaking to you. And I lifted her chin, and I looked in her face, and I pointed at her, and I said, you're not telling the truth. I know it now. God knows it. And the God you want to help you will not help you as long as you have unforgiveness in your heart. She just started squalling. I mean, she was praying. She, you could hear her. She was just almost screaming. And I just took her in my arms and I held her. And then I said, let's pray and forgive. I don't know who violated you and hurt you so deeply. But are you willing to forgive them? She shook her head, yes. And then we prayed and we cried uh, and she begged God to help her forgive completely. And then when she finished, I just laid my hands on her and I said, Lord, would you please heal her? I knew God was healing her spiritually. I wanted God to heal her physically. Would you please heal her? And then she walked off. I went home that night. It, It was so powerful that, and I don't do a lot of journaling, but I journaled it. I wrote the whole thing down. Five days later, she told me. Five days later, her mother went in to wake her up. And when her mother looked at her, her mother screamed. She said, what is it, mom? She said, go look in the mirror. She went and looked in the mirror. And her skin was perfect. A complete, miraculous healing. And when I saw her, when I I first saw her, I didn't even recognize her. She came and wrapped her arms around my neck. And, and, and just kept saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I, could it be that you're waiting on divine intervention? You're waiting on a miracle. You're waiting on a touch from God. You're waiting for God to do something. But in reality, it's God waiting on you to do something. You see, I, I just happen to believe everything this Bible says, and I believe all the promises of the Bible are valid, but what's happening is we live in a disobedient generation that wants the scriptural promises to be valid. I'm sorry, it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. Let me read a scripture to you. There is no scripture in the Bible that addresses this subject more than this one. It's Matthew 18, 21 through 35. And, and this is that passage where Simon Peter does ask the question. Here it is. Then Peter came to him, this being Jesus, came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Peter probably thought the Lord would be very pleased with him. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle his accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had, that payment may be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. Just completely forgave it. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, just a small amount. 
And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servants fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not. But when he threw him into prison, and he would, and he would not, but when he threw him into prison, till he should pay the debt. I think I'm messing this up, but you're getting the point. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Are you ready? So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart, you don't just do it. You got to do it, but it has to be from your heart. From his heart does not forgive his brother, his trespasses. Now, friends, you can interpret that any way you want to. But when I read that, it gets my attention. Gets my attention. I mean, you got, you, you got this guy that's thrown into prison. He's, he's, he's being tortured because he would not do what his master did for him. I want to share with you one more story. And hopefully this will hit home with you. I was pastoring up in Georgia and I, I was in a church and there was a guy in the church, a deacon in the church. And by the way, I've no, I'm not throwing off on deacons. I've seen some godly deacons that walk with the Lord. But he was not one of them. And he got angry with me. I'm telling you, he got mad with me. And to this day, I don't know why. But uh, it got worse and worse and worse and so, uh, so it, it came to the point where I got up and resigned. I resigned the church. And, uh, and it was the only thing I could do. Can, can I just stop right here and say thank you, church, for not just loving me, but loving all of your pastors here. For, for... Thank you. You don't know how much comfort and courage and boldness that gives us. Because we know you're standing with us. Well, anyway, I got up and resigned. And I said, I'm, I'm going to resign and, and effective 30 days from now. And, and so after that, he walked up to me. And he was the chairman of the deacons. And he said, according to the bylaws of the church, the moment the pastor resigns, the chairman of the deacons is uh, the, the chief executive of the church. And he said, so I'm going to fire you. I was really confused. I said, well, I just resigned. How can you fire me? He said, well, you resign 30 days from now. I'm firing you right now. He said, when you leave his church today, I don't want you to ever come back. I, I actually had to get somebody to go with me to my office to get my books out. Man. Anyway, it was time for us to, to leave that city. And, and we were packing up. And I started thinking about some of these scriptures. And I made up my mind. I said, uh, I'm going to go see him. I told Beth, I said, you keep packing. I'm going to his house. 
And I'm going to try to reconcile this. I went to his house, knocked on the door. His wife opened the door. She was gracious and beautiful. And she showed me in, had me seated on the sofa. And she said, can I get you something to drink? I said, no. And I, I, she was just so wonderful. And she said, let me get my husband. So she goes and gets him. And when he walks into the room, he looks at me and he says, what are you doing in my house? And I said, your wife invited me in. He said, well, you're not welcome in my house. And I don't want you in my house. And if you will please stand up and follow me, I'll show you to the door. Because all I, and, and as we were walking to the door, I thought, I got just a few seconds. I said, man, I'm sorry. Whatever I've done to offend you, please forgive me. I'm leaving town. I don't, wanna, I don't want there to be a problem between us. He opened the door and never said a word. I got in my vehicle and left. I can tell you, by the time I got to the driveway, out of the driveway, it was like the weight of the world had lifted off me. See, I, I, listen to me, church. Our obedience to the word of God does not mandate how somebody responds to that. There will be those who will not appreciate your obedience to the word of God. It, I was free. I forgot about him. I forgot about it. <clears throat> I went on. God was blessing me. Fourteen years later, my phone rings. It was him. I couldn't hardly believe it. He said, Pastor, we need you. Will you come? I know where he was. I said, sure. You tell me where you are. I'll come. He said, we're in the hospital. My wife is sick. And we need you to pray for her. I went to the hospital, laid hands on her and prayed for her. And then he hugged me and he said, I'm so sorry. He said, I've been carrying this for 14 years. Will you please forgive me? I said, I forgave you the day I drove out of the driveway. But listen to this. For 14 years, he was tortured. For 14 years, he was in a prison of his own making. For 14 years, he could not escape his disobedience to the word of God. And I just want to tell you, church, this is the word of God. And you can come to this altar today and, and cry crocodile tears. You can pray and beg God. But if the words of Jesus are true, and we know they are, and if you forgive those who have trespassed against you, he'll forgive you. It's a requirement. But if you won't, he will not forgive you. And I also want to say this, because I think in this particular area of our lives, the devil is far more subtle and sneaky than we realize. He'll just get that part in your heart. The devil will, will just hide it away in your heart. And you will let him. And you know what? You'll get around somebody and you'll say, I, I, don't, I don't have unforgiveness for anybody. But you get around that person. And man, you just don't even like being in their presence. Let the Holy Spirit examine you. I'm just asking you. Isn't it time that, that we step into a lifestyle of forgiveness? Let me give you one more quote. This is Martin Luther King Jr. This is what he said. Forgiveness is not 
an occasional act. It is a constant attitude. You just forgive people. Every now and then somebody, I started this years ago, every now and then somebody will call me or come by and they'll say, Pastor, I need to apologize to you. I'll say, I forgive you. I say, well, I haven't even told you what I've done yet. I don't care what you've done. This is not about you. And I know people need to do that. And, and when somebody says, when somebody comes up to you and, and says, will you please forgive me? Don't say, oh, no, no, no. Say, I forgive you. Give that forgiveness. And, and sometimes they'll tell me, but it doesn't matter. I don't want that relationship broken. Isn't it time to step into a lifestyle of forgiveness? Isn't it time to get out of prison? Isn't it time to break the shackles? And I got to tell you, if you need a miracle in your life and family and you can't get a breakthrough, what if this is the one area that God is saying, I'm not going to move until you obey? Will you bow with me in prayer? Father, in Jesus' name, take your word, put it in our hearts. Lord, give us the ability to be obedient. I know this is a hard word. I know it's difficult, but you said it, Lord. And Lord, I know without a doubt in a congregation this size, there are people who have been violated, hurt, disappointed, uh, maybe experienced tragedy at the hands of others. But Lord, I pray that you will give us Uh, a spirit of obedience that will step into this thing where we say I forgive and that we forgive like never before that you'd start a revival of forgiveness in this church a move of God based on pure hearts that will not allow a root of bitterness Lord bless us now I pray, Father, that uh, this altar uh, will be used today to say, Lord, treat me like I'm treating those who have mistreated me. And, Lord, that we will just forgive lavishly uh, uh, everyone who has ever hurt us. A new beginning today, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.